Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks again. We're honored, we're privileged to come across your airwaves. We're glad to find you out here this morning and uh, whatever the time of day you're listening to us and just thrilled. With me as always is my friend, my co-host, Stephanie Wesco. A little bit of that heavenly harp coming out of nowhere there. Oh yeah, (laughs) Stephanie. So what is going on with you? (laughs) Oh my. Well, what's going on? I am... Um, enjoying having summer break with my kids um, in the midst of trying to figure out the hows and whens of getting um, our Ford Transit um, fixed and repaired. But, you know, we're doing well um, for the most part. Um, would appreciate prayer for physical. Physically, my body's not doing the greatest, but um, I can still function. Got all my windows cleaned this week and... Um, you know, it does a lot for you when you can look out a clean window. Glory. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Anyways. We, we went over and cleaned Daniel's house and uh, the outside of it, the exterior of it. Well, Debbie cleaned the inside. Daniel and I did the outside. That was a task, man. And uh, thankfully, it's a one-story house. There's a couple real high parts that we had to use a ladder. But, man, that was an ugly job. But, folks, as we move along, so Every single day, we want to attack a subject, a characteristic, some junk that people go through uh, that deal with PTSD or hurt or something that came along the way. And certainly a few words that I'm familiar with, obsessive compulsive disorder, or something you probably heard more aptly mentioned as OCD. And uh, so obsessive compulsive disorder is just what it sounds like. You're obsessed over things. You know, well, we're leaving at nine. Well, we're leaving at nine. Well, we're, you know, and everybody's got a kid like that. Everybody's been, got a friend like that. Everybody, uh, folks with PTSD seem to have a little bigger of a case of that. Well, we got to leave it this time. Aren't we doing this? Didn't you say we're going to do this? And have, have you ever experienced that, Stephanie, that obsessive compulsive yeah. disorder? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So it's out there. And, uh, and it's real and it's something that you have to give to God. Uh, it's something you have to trust in him, you know, and, and I think the army, so I tell everybody I suffer from ADHD, OCD and DUMB. And I mean that, uh, I, and I'm not joking. I think there are times where I want to get obsessive, but being obsessive ruins people's lives, Stephanie, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a little more laid back than that. I'm a fun kind of person. Yeah. You know, I would rather than being obsessed with doing things immediately and regularly and just on time. I'm not that much of a guy. And I really wasn't that much of a, a, a dad 
either when my kids were young. Uh, I was more of the guy. I was a little more laid back. You know, there was always a kid crawling on me somewhere. And, you know, and, and what I did to, to help combat the freakiness of OCD is I would tell the person most with OCD in my family, uh, you know, we're going to leave at 430. And then I'd tell everybody else, hey, we got to go at four. And, you know, we always hit the 430 time frame. And, uh, but God's word can help us with this. For God have not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Cast in all your care upon him. I will lay me down peace and sleep. For thou art the only makest me dwell in safety. I don't have to sit around and say, man, I need to do this in the morning. I need to be up at six. I need to do this. And folks, it's a big part of my life to be organized, to be regimented. I get that. But when we're talking about obsessive compulsive disorder, and maybe, you know, well, you've got to see a doctor about it. And that's okay if we can't control it. But, but you know, there's a difference. There's a line between bugging people and driving people crazy and driving yourself crazy. And, you know, every morning I'm up at exactly the same time. Is that obsessive compulsive disorder? I don't think so. I think it's regimented that if I get up at this time, I can get my exercise in. I can be on the phone with pastors by eight o'clock. I can, uh, you know, if I'm on the road somewhere, you know, I can, I can have a protein drink. I can have breakfast, whatever the case may be, get that out of the way. But there's a difference, Stephanie, you know what I'm saying between being obsessive and being organized. Yeah. Well, and God's really taught me a lot in this realm. Um, When I was a young mom, I was very, very much had a preconceived idea and it was just pride um, of, of perfection. And the Lord has taught me so much um, that it's not about perfection. It's about doing all things decently and in order, but um, that life's too short to spend it that you know, if, if you choose to live in that zone, you're going to be stressed out and tensed out all the time over stuff that in the end really isn't important. Right. And so learning to focus on what is important and guess what lives and hearts, people investing in people, loving on people, that's what's important. And so whatsoever we do do all to the glory of God. So it's not that we live like pigs. It's not that, um, you know, we just throw, tidiness and cleanliness to the wind because that's in scripture. Um, but it's just balance the balance thing. Agreed. I was just right in the middle of a drink of water. Stephanie surprised me. She finished up a, uh, she finished up right there and I had like a half a swallow of water down. So I'm still committed to my half gallon of clear, fresh water every day. And I continue on now we've been in the book of Proverbs and boy, God is doing a work on us as he's talking about wisdom weights and you know, the crazy things fools do and things of that nature and not to be a fool, but to be joyful, to be caught up in those things that make us happy. And that's why Stephanie memorized the book of Philippians when she was younger. And so did her husband. The only two freaky nerds to memorize the book of Philippians I've ever met in my life married each other. And, uh, but well, and, well, now Joe, now Joe has it memorized. Well, so. see in there, Joe is a nerd. See, we're going to do a podcast with Joe. <laughs> One of these days he's going to be at my house and, and it's going to mess up your brains. All right. I'm just oh, going to be up front he, with you. It'll be, it'll be cool. It's going to mess up your brains. I'm going to do one with Emmy and I'm going to do one with Joe sometime because those two people have the personality (laughs) that demand it. I mean, you folks have got to be able to hear them and, and, uh, you got to, you know, they're pretty freaky. I mean, (laughs) and they're pretty great. 
So you put those two things together and it's fun. But uh, if any of you, so we got to know this. So on the Facebook page, Helpful Wounded Spirits, if any of you have even memorized one chapter of the book of Philippians, would you write us? Would you put it on the Facebook page, Helpful Wounded Spirits? We'll make sure we post it out there. Uh, we're looking for people who's memorizing the book of Philippians. I worked real hard on the first chapter and got about three quarters of it done. And it was affecting my brain in a negative way. So I stopped. I got a lot of Psalm 34 done. But anyway, listen, this is what I can tell you. God doesn't take that work we do with Scripture lightly. He uses it for His glory in us. And so it's always good to have some Scripture memorization. Maybe a verse at a time is even cool. So put a you know, if you say, Brother Doug, I've memorized more than 20 verses, make sure you put that out on the page. We'd love to see that, and that'd be an encouragement to all of us. So to all of us. And so we're in the book of Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 11. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. And, you know, here's Solomon. I mean, and, and God's inspired, wonderful word, old, uh, old, old Solomon is reminding, you know, even as a kid, you have some responsibilities. You can't be a jerk. Even yeah. as a kid, it's unacceptable. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been through, but you can't be a jerk. When I was yeah. in school, we had one teacher. His name was Mr. Ganand. I'll never forget him. He actually got fired a few years later, but he would stop people right in the middle and say, hey, you're acting like a jerk. That's unacceptable as a human being. Cut it out. They finally fired him. The school just didn't know what to do with the guy. But anyway, he, as far as I know, he did real well in life, became a millionaire or whatever. But you know what? God looks down and says, even as a child, especially in the realm of being a Christian child, especially in the realm of, you know, knowing the truth and what we believe, uh, we're known by our deeds and uh, we're yeah. known by what we do. And we're known whether or not it's pure, whether or not it's right, just whatever you want to say. It's we're known by that, Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is, um, this is a verse I try, you know, when my kids tried any kid, Okay, so this is not my kids. I've taught tons of little kids, but they'll try. Well, I didn't start it. I didn't do anything. And it's like, if you're in a fight, you're involved in hand-to-hand -hand combat with another child. Yeah. Um, you are involved. This is, and if kids don't learn this principle, they'll go into their adult life. And guess what? We're watching that right now, a bunch of adults who still don't think they should be known by their own works. It's always somebody else's fault. And so this is a scriptural thing that we have to help our children understand at young age, at a young age, that your actions do affect you. They do affect your your reputation. And I don't mean that in a way where we idolize our reputation, but you are known by your works. Yeah. And um and so, you know, it, it brings a sobriety to life. It brings that, that, okay, I'm going to think about my, the consequences of my behavior before I choose to act this way. Yeah. And if a child doesn't learn this, they grow up and they go shoot up a school and they don't think it all the way through. Yeah. And, and, and I think the application even goes farther than that. And I, I think Stephanie was right on there, but I think that those of us 
who still have some of this in our life where, uh, you know, we're known by our deeds too. And even if you didn't mm-hmm. get that foundation when you were a kid, your parents bombed, you know, and some, there's always one spoiled rotten kid in the house. And Emmy's clear to tell me it's not her and Stephanie's family. And, and I, agree, <laughs> I agree with Emmy. Emmy's made a solid case and I, I agree with her, but you still, you gotta, you gotta give her case. Well, no, reason. because it's, well, okay. So, you know what, folks, <laughs> let's do this. Let's, let's just break here for a second. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for coming back. Uh, yeah, so we definitely got to tell the Emmy justification. We won't say who the brother was or anything like that. So we, <laughs> we were all on vacation. Not really. We were all at a meeting in Pensacola, and Stephanie had this great idea to rent this house for Debbie and I, her and her kids, and the Hicks. So there's, you know, there's basically three family units going down down there, and we weren't too far from the beach, and we were just having a great time. And and uh, old Emmy, Emmy says everything to me. I mean, Emmy, uh, you know, we talk, man. We're tight. All right. He's One, the real deal. Yeah, once yeah. Emmy and I are back together, we're tight again. It might take a couple hours to get back there, but uh, Emmy and I, I was just playing with her. I don't know, something was going on, and somebody called Emmy a knucklehead. And uh, I just kind of laughed, and Emmy was standing in the edge of the pool there in Florida, and she turned around and looked at me, and she said, Uncle Doug, I'm not a knucklehead. You don't know what a knucklehead is. And she went on to condemn a brother of hers uh, that that – <laughs> just complained and bothered mom so much that she got out of the Chick-fil-A line to go get this guy a coffee and, uh, and how it was selfishness and hypocrisy. She used the word hypocrite. And, uh, and, and she said, I'm not the spoiled one. Every other person in that car, uncle Doug, that's what she said. Every other person in the car wanted to go to Chick-fil-A. You tell me, who the knucklehead is. I'm not the knucklehead. And then she went on to say, I just need a little attention. I'm just a little goyal. And, uh, but I'm not a knucklehead. And just because I'm the littlest goyal doesn't mean I'm a bad person. And I've got to agree with Emmy. Emmy sold me. And I was totally in agreement with her. And I believe Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hicks was. Uh, we talked about it later. And I believe he was in agreement with her, too, on who the knucklehead was, at least on that particular day. We know they rotate around. But I'm going to tell you that Emmy proved that knuckleheadedness right down to the letter. That's why we're going to have Emmy on a podcast. And <laughs> So here we are. Anyway, we made it to verse number 12. And, uh, but, and some of you who don't know Emmy, all right, Emmy's getting ready to turn six years old. So this whole conversation happened at five years old. At three years old, she asked me the five hardest theological questions anyone's ever asked me. I got them written down on my computer, but one of them is, why did daddy die? Why are bad people allowed in the world? Why aren't good people put in better positions than bad people? I mean, some really hard questions that are for the generations. And we'll talk about that later, but sometime we've got to have Amy with us here on the podcast. Verse number 12 says the hearing ear in the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. And, uh, you know, God has given us, uh, a remarkable capacity. God has given mm. us an ability to see an ability to hear. And, you know, and, and there's a difference between hearing and listening. 
And, and there's been times in my life, I'm just being honest, and I changed this as I got promoted through the ranks in the Army, and I really tried to listen, not to listen, but to listen to actually hear what the human being's saying and what they're going through. Uh, God has given us a great capacity to do that. Sometimes I want to just say, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, go here, bye. But the truth is, all of us, God has given us this observation skills. He's given us a quality of how we can hear. He's made both of these. He's, 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 our ear is kind of like an eye to our brain as well, uh, and the seeing and things of that nature. And I just think that we got to understand that's from God, and it's for a purpose. That's to serve him and to listen to people and really hear what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you looking for something for me? No, no. If, if you were going to say something, you would have said, so Stephanie and I, our timing's a little bit off. We haven't done this in weeks together. And uh, as you guys know, we've been listening to the podcast. Stephanie had some, uh, she actually had a couple conferences in there and some after school time there with the kids after school was finished. So our timing might be off sometimes. Sometimes I, I mean to always say the word, what do you think, Stephanie? And again, for the, la- for the last month, I've been sitting at my table looking at the other human being, you know, and pointing at them or something. So I can't point at Stephanie because we're on the phone. I'm sorry. Yeah. So here we yeah. say, well, I think we're on 13 anyway. I think we covered that well enough. Yes. You know, hearing yeah. is much more important than listening. God has given us the capability to do it. And, you know, that's kind of a joyful thing that we have the observation skills and the tools needed or hearing in our eyes to know what's going on. In both matter, you can see people's dispositions and countenance. You can see those nonverbal cues. You really can. And uh, so we look at verse number 13 here. It says, love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. And uh, you know what's going on? It's saying, don't love your sleep, man. Just, you know, all you want to do is lay around and sleep because you're going to be poor. You're going to be broke. You need to set your schedule up. You need to work. You need to do those things. And, and, and then going on with this whole idea of having to open up our eyes. You know, we just came out of this and, and, and be satisfied with what we earn and the bread that we get. And, you know, this is one of those things, you know, we've, we've talked about slothfulness, which we know means laziness. And boy, don't we know people like this, Stephanie, that are just slothful and yet they want everything from us. But, you know, Stephanie's banging out maybe six hours a night sleep on a good day to get all her work and kid raising and all that done. I'm at the six hour mark. If I go beyond that, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible human being, but what do you think? Well, I have to give confession. I think I slept seven and a half last night. I was pretty. Oh man, (laughs) you're falling apart. And, and I don't even think that's bad. I don't think my, that's where the My body's is. not been very happy lately. So. Yeah, yeah. But well, I did sleep. I did sleep past my normal, my normal awake time this morning. Good, good. And I, I think that, you know, maybe, Stephanie, maybe, just maybe, uh, people need seven and a half hours sleep once in a while. I know you do. <laughs> and uh, so looking at this, Stephanie, I mean, what's your, what's your take uh, on love, not sleep, lest thou come to poverty, open thine eyes and thou shall be satisfied with bread. Well, this is just so practical. And, um, you know, God gave us sleep. He gave us rest, but when that's when you're living for, if that's what you're living for is doing nothing, yeah, you're going to come to poverty. And 
unfortunately, we live in a world where we actually seem to promote this um, in the last couple of years, where we promote not working, we promote laziness, we promote laying around the house doing absolutely nothing with your life. But biblically, God says that'll lead to your destruction, it'll lead to hunger, it'll lead to issues in your life. And so the, the opposite, the, the positive side of this is get up, do something with your life. This is apathy. Yeah. Um, this, you know, we we talk about that being one of the things that people with PTSD struggle with. And there is so much fulfillment that comes when you choose to get up, turn on some music. Um, I mean, quite honestly, I spent two, two days or a good portion of two days um, cleaning the windows in my house. And I don't have a massive house, but I have a sunroom that has, it's all windows. And so that, that room took me a while. And I really, honestly, I hate it. It's the, those windows are nasty. You have to take them in and out They're Whoever, I did not pick those windows for that room, but all that to say this, the sense of satisfaction last night while we were eating supper and I could look out my windows and I wasn't looking past bug spots and I wasn't looking past you know, dirt and all of that, there's that sense of satisfaction and that sense of I accomplished what I needed to accomplish. And guess what? If that's, if, if you choose to do that, you're going to, it's going to give you a purpose for living. And Satan wants to take away your purpose for living. He wants you to lay on the couch. He wants you to love sleep so that you will come to poverty. And this isn't just poverty in a sense of monetary, um, you know, monetary wealth. This is poverty in your soul and your spirit. It'll be poverty in your life as a whole. You don't build relationships. You don't accomplish anything. You don't have that sense of worth when you just lay around and do absolutely nothing. And so God gives you the solution. Open your eyes, do do what I've called you to do, be diligent, and there's going to be that sense of satisfaction. And that's, that's an awesome thing. It gives joy to life. Yeah, that's called satisfaction, folks. And and I'll tell you, I'd, I'll even take it a step farther and say that further, I, I believe many of us are probably those people hopping out of bed after six hours or seven hours, Stephanie. I believe many of us are all over it, you know? Yeah, uh, probably. But we still have a responsibility to those folks around us who aren't. Pull them off the couch. Get them out of the house, you know? And uh, I'll tell you, at our house, we had no... Uh, no ability to just lay around when I was growing up. I mean, it was clear, you know, when you graduate from high school, uh, you're getting a job or you're going in the army or you're going to college and getting a job. I mean, there's, there's no in-betweens. Yeah. There's no laying around yet today, Stephanie, I can drive within a mile and a half of my house and see a hundred help wanted signs. Yet there's 11 million people in America uh, that don't want to get a job. And so yeah. I think this all comes together. We have a responsibility to help others too. But listen, folks, we know you guys are awesome. And uh, we know you're out there making it happen. And But, you know, again, as we look at Proverbs, this is the side we got to escape from. And even if once in a while we just want to give up, and, you know, that's a tendency of PTSD that we call apathy. Apathy is real, my friends. We'll make it the character of the day tomorrow, the word of the day. Apathy is when we just want to give up. It's like saying that God can do nothing else with any of us, and we know that's not true. But uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. So as soon as you hear tomorrow's podcast, we're coming out talking about apathy. Listen, we love every single one of you. We thank God for you. Thanks for being here. Hey, 
with that smile today that only God can give. If there's something we can help you with with PTSD, make sure you look for us at Helpful Wounded Spirits. If you want to hear more about the retreat we're building, things we're doing in the ministry, we want to tell you about them. So contact me at DougForWoundedSpirits.com. We love you, folks. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.